more than anything in the entire world he wants to get in the car and go home and cry because he's, he's having a horror show but like fast forward I'm lying on my deathbed yeah someone says remember that day you like jibbed out and bailed out and got in the car because you weren't feeling good I'd be a little bit like ashamed of that as a as a as a as a looking back on because I'm not looking back as a runner I'm not yeah. like oh I'm like there about to leave whatever this is yeah. and looking at my life as fucking hell like I was just a runner yeah like I'm a person yeah. human being I'm a yeah. partner I'm a son I'm a brother and all these other things and the part of me is a runner like, yeah could I have looked Matt Roberts Gavin Holland, Cal Gray Rob Jebb uh, in the eye afterwards well not not with like true kind of deep honesty as to say like I'm cool to if I'm going to beat you yeah and you know be happy yeah and you can turn around and say oh I had a busy week at work and da, da, da. that's you on that day yeah I'm beating you yeah so then when it flips yes I can't be alone just because it suits yeah like I can't then do the opposite of what I would say to someone like if I'm gonna if I'm gonna if I'm gonna be like well that's you on race day yeah might not be the best you but ultimately Matthew Roberts is an example he's a teacher he's got a kid he's a husband yes he lives in Wales the driver all these things play into what he is at races yeah and I don't think they're excuses I think they're reasons so therefore I, I like if you're gonna say something like that I can't do the complete opposite just get my car and drive away and and I could have done but I wouldn't have been okay I would not have been like happy with that decision yeah I, I think there's a maturity in that so I actually think that like the Sierra Zanale experience for me took me a month or two but like it will be helpful in like making me be a bit more mature yeah because actually like I think the the outward there's that question isn't there like how do you think other people perceive you which my answer might be different to how people perceive me my thought and feeling would be my friends would be perfectly happy with hearing that I ran Sierra now stopped had a pizza chucked it in they'd be like oh that's Chaz just do, <laughs> doing his thing <laughs> like that makes sense but although I might not fully understand it I would have thought the person that I probably think I am would be the person who would have raced it properly so there's a little like do you see what I'm like tugging on there there's a little difference between when I look back at it now I had a dream the other day that I signed up to see as now so that bit of my brain is obviously saying you've got another battle there mate so there's a little battler in there also, there's obviously someone who enjoys a pizza and <laughs> taking it easy, you yeah. know? I mean, the, the, your friend's <laughs> perception and your perception is probably somewhere in the middle for Zero, isn't that? Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they'd have been, oh, cool, that's just that's yeah. just Charles, that's just Charles. <laughs> you wanted to finish it, and actually what happened, you did... Somewhere kind of, between. Kind of, you did somewhere in between. Yeah, yeah. Which is better than doing what your, your friends expected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. So, yeah, that's just why like, it's, 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 and I've said to people before, use that for big decisions like deathbed, whoever it is. Yeah. Because you're not, at that moment in time, it's, 
it's so lower body it was absolutely everything was just crashing on me to the point where and this is the first time I ever thought like this that I can remember Matt took us on this sneaky little route all the way around I just got dropped by the first guys yeah I was at, I was at the first checkpoint with them they'd naffed off got dropped Harry and Matt came past me and a couple of others and Matt took us on this suite of a line everyone like Billy Brennan and Dan went this way we went underneath and round and he dropped us right on the back of him did Matt and I mean literally like it was phenomenal he yeah. just dropped us right on the back and I was like fuck's sake I, and I've never had that like I don't want to be here so at that yeah. moment in time it was everything to me like I was having a horror show mm-hmm. the studio was going bankrupt and he'd been going bankrupt he'd been slowly going down for a while but I kind of was coming around to the idea that it probably wasn't going to work yeah know? so and then if you're able to telescope out uh-huh. And that's what Deathbed Dawn is. Yeah. Like, I've got, like, perspective on the fact, actually. Like, it is, at that moment in time, very important to me. Yes. But it's not everything. Okay. It's not everything. And then that, I think, I could be right, I could be wrong. But then fast forward six miles, mm. and the Gita's stood with the dog by the car. Yeah. And Matthew Roberts is just over me and I'm feeling horrendous and everyone's coming I can feel them coming flying down the hill like my whole identity from the long from telescoping out mm-hmm. isn't that Laura Borrowdale defines me as a person yeah like what actually will define me as a person will be decided as I move through the next you know 20, 30 however many years I've got left yeah. but at that moment in time it gave me the, gave me the perspective to realise that I'd rather be in that position looking back on a decent person who, who'd honoured the race who'd honoured anything that I believe in I'm quite happy to wax lyrical to people yeah about things yeah you've got to be doing them yourself yeah 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 <laughs> like, like, do you get what I mean yeah. and, and at that point like the the honouring a race when it's going bad yeah is as respectable as Zach Miller kind of honouring the race like when you win yeah. and I feel like he does like, I've always had this, but when he said it about running, it really hits home with me that, like, it's there for a reason uh-huh. for you to go from A, whether it's linear or whether it's a, a loop. Do that the best you can. Yes. That's you on the day. And when yeah. and you're honouring everything, you're honouring, like, the race director's weeks and months yeah. planning. You're honouring his is probably his wife maybe his kids if he's got them maybe been neglected in that like up and coming period there was a farmer there who allowed us to use his land some people mm-hmm. say he's a nice person some people don't but like at the end of the day he's allowed us to run the, and, like, and everybody else who has put anything into that race but the big one was like Math Roberts chasing me down and I'm like a part of him is chasing me down because we're going to be battling for Vet 40 and if he chases me down and that ruins his race and I get in my car and go that's not something that I'm Okay with I'm yeah. Not, yeah, I would not have been okay. Yeah, that's cool. At all. Yes. And I think in a way like if I go if I look back at the seasonal experience, I'm alright with it because I just look back and go, That's a past me having a hard time. Yeah. But I actually there was a little bit of self compassion in although you could say, you know, you could be harsh and call it the coward's way out of walking it in, but actually by walking it in, because I did have a race the next week. And you could say by walking it in, I actually just went, 
all right, I'm okay with me today failing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna salvage what I got. I'm gonna get to the end. So I did technically complete the race, um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, but now that I've had that experience, it's led to this conversation. I'm like, oh, I've seen a new perspective now. I'd like to honor races with the the appropriate. I would say you honored. Yeah, that? yeah. Like, so your honoring isn't going to be the same as mine as Laura Borrowdale, and my honoring the next time I'm having a horror show isn't going to be the same as Laura Borrowdale. I think like dropping out for the most part, unless you're injured, is an easy way out, and I don't yeah. think that's respectful to everything that's gone on. Yeah, walking it in, hopping it in, crawling yeah. it in. I cramped it all the way in. I was like cramping yeah. and in tears, like going up that last. Yeah, whatever. Oh yeah, what was it called? I yeah, it, I don't know what the hill's called, but it it's was got a nice name as well. I'll, I'll was, come back to it later. It, it, you could see that. It's not Jeffrey's something. Yeah, I've, I've we'll call it Jeffrey. Completely Jeffrey's. blanked out of my mind. So yeah. that was like the last thing I wanted to do. Yeah, and I just crawled and cramped, and some points I was like having this mental breakdown. But like that doesn't mean the next time I have a shocker, it's going to look exactly like what. Yeah, like, it's going to not going to look like that. Honouring it. Honor, for what I view as honouring the race doesn't look the same no. for everybody in every single race it's just I think finishing is is for me that's the we'll all do different paths to get there yeah but it's it's the as long as you're not in pain and you're not injuring yourself yeah then carrying on to the finish line is, because the person who puts the race on and the person who's marshalled and the person who's waiting at the finish line for you know the winners then they probably get as much joy or more joy from seeing like people finish 10th, 50th, 20th, 30th, yeah. 40th, 50th, like they probably get more joy from seeing people who've maybe had that struggle. Like, yes. T- to finish the guy who just like killed and just breezes through and breaks yeah. the record and trots off. Like, yeah. the person at the finish line would have been like, isn't that well? Cool, yeah. that was expected. Yeah. Well, don't kill him. And then, like, to see, not saying, not using you as an example, but to see someone who's had an experience and a journey. Mm. And still come through and finish. Like I'd, I'd say that's honouring. Yeah, just think. maybe not in the like perception that you thought that I meant, or yeah. maybe you would have liked to have honoured it differently. Maybe yeah. having looked back at it, but like you didn't quit, which is which is you know, which is something where as a society we're getting pretty damn good at now. <laughs> so just quit and take an easy way out. Like, yes, yeah. it's, yeah. it's, it's pretty easy these days to. Yeah. It's quite funny actually, I just did a 10k on the road uh, a couple of weeks ago and I got a horrible stitch on it one year and I'd gone off way too energetically and blown up and, and had, like, you know, luckily it's only a 10k, so like, you know, the, the meltdown isn't quite the sort of like, it wasn't the level that I experienced at Sierra Donnell, but there was definitely a bit I was running back up the hill with a stitch and I was just like, I would love to just step off the track right now. I was like, you can't do that. Like, don't do it. No, like, I think you. I think, like, <laughs> and other people will think differently. My opinion isn't always right, but I think whether it's honouring or respecting whatever's gone into it and gone on, and needed to finish World Bar there. But I have to say, I think it was more like Matt Roberts and, and him predominantly. Yeah, I didn't know him at the time. I know him a little bit now, but like when he came past. Now me, you know him. You would have stopped. Yeah. Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was actually really nice. I don't know him yet, but... He's really nice. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a super nice and chatty guy. 
This is a podcast. We talk about running. We talk about other things too. So please come and join us. We hope you enjoy this. This is on the bake. So we've kind of just cut in there because me and Donny have been. There we go. I've done it already. I was doing so well. When I met Donny, I said, hello, Donny. And then I've managed to call you Donny 95% of the day. 98. 98. I've been doing well then. Uh, we've been in each other's companies for coming up to five hours and probably been solidly chatting for that. So I've had a wonderful podcast. Let's see what comes out of it <laughs> when we put the mic on. We're sat with Dusty in front of a nice fire with some tea just setting the image for everybody and um, we're just going to talk about running really and maybe some other things too so I will impress Donny with my research first of all my first line of this scripted research says Donny not Donny so correct and you say it like Tony don't you you said to me in a text when you corrected me on the things. easiest way to describe it to people who have different accents and ways of saying certain words is Tony mm-hmm. with a D yeah but it's spelt with an I yep but that's the easiest way so whenever you so some people say like Tony Tony whenever you say Tony it's that but with a D and we might as well ask where, where does the name Doni come from it's not actually a real name Okay. But it is my real name. Yes. It kind of is a real name now. But my parents had no name for me. I was supposed to be a girl. Uh-huh. Well, they thought I was going to be a girl. I was going to be called Zoe. Didn't have a name for me for about two weeks. And then my dad's uncle was coming over from Ireland. He was called Donny. He was like, well, that was his nickname. Ah, okay. And uh, so they thought, oh, that's a really nice name. We'll call him Donny. But his real name was Donald, so I was under the impression that Donny was short for Donald. Yeah. But then I bumped into a Donald when I was working in Manchester, and I said, oh, we've got the same name. And he booked under, when I was a boy, but he booked under Donny. When I sat him down, he was like, I don't think we've got the same name. I was like, yeah, Donny's short for Donald. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, it's not. It's like I've never heard <laughs> or seen this name, like, yeah. ever. Yeah. And... I've lived in Ireland for 35 years of my life. I've only been in Manchester for like two or three years. And I know seven other Donalds. And no one is like... So I don't know. It must have been his friends showing it. Okay. But other than that, that's all. That's the only information I've got. Okay. On it. But do you like it? I didn't when I was at school. Uh, it rhymed with My Little Pony, which was around at the time. Yes. Which, you know, when you're in the... Lord of the Flies kind of yeah. school set up. It's pretty, you know, lucky I was good at football. Oh, I had a traumatic <laughs> childhood getting called Charlie Brown, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It's just, not that bothered, but at the time it was like... Well, yeah, I wasn't bothered. It's almost everything, isn't yeah, it, at the time? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I suppose, I didn't struggle with it a little bit, but I got to the point where I was about 23, 24, and... I'm a little bit softer with it now, but I used to hit the, the, the three explanation mark. Because in new company, hi, you're Matt, I'm Donny. Oh, nice to meet you, Donny. It's Donny. I Donny, Donny. And then I would ignore him if yeah. he called me Donny. Yeah. And um, then the fourth time he'd get it right. <laughs> uh, 
But yeah, that was, and after that, it's become pretty easy to, yeah, you know. Without being a twat, one of the questions I got when I asked to some of my friends, uh, one of the ones I got back was, what is his favourite Donny, Donny race course, Donny Osmond? <laughs> 23, like, when I was 23, that pissed me off. Yeah. Not the Michael. All the time. <laughs> uh, but, but you know I'm a twat, and you've had five hours with me. Is there any, is there any more options? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I can't remember if he had any more on that. I was then, I don't like cars or car drivers, so I'd have to go Donny Osmond. <laughs> Brilliant. I think it's horse racing, Donny Race course. Is it? Yeah, and now actually, this is what I'll do for you. I'm going to piss off everyone in Doncaster by now calling it Donny. Donny's in Donington. No, so Donny, so Donny, Doncaster regularly gets shortened to Donny. Right, that's definitely my least favourite. Yeah, definitely Donny Osmond. So yeah, so that is a good start. So it's it's got a little bit of Irish heritage to it. Is that, are any of your, were your parents, is one, were one of your parents Irish or? No, both parents are English, but every other pretty much ancestry upwards is of Irish. Okay. So dad's side is all Irish from above him, mum's side, dad is Irish and then kind of everyone above that. So. Have you spent much time in Ireland? Uh, I went on a spectacle. <laughs> <laughs> For a long weekend. A pilgrimage to your heritage there. Yeah, I did a lot of uh, going to see you know, all the English pubs and just yeah. drinking Guinness all weekend. So it wasn't a pilgrimage to find my ancestral roots. <laughs> the complete opposite. <laughs> I then, as part of my research, I looked you up on Power of Ten, which I was trying to explain to you earlier. And it showed me that in 2012 and 2013, you did a bit of road running. Did a 33. For 18 10k at Ribble Valley, I've got written down here. True. Very, I'm impressed. That's decent. And a 76 minute dead, I've got. But maybe I, maybe I've just like rounded that. I had OCD back then. 76 minutes dead <laughs> would feel right. Hey, well, good. I pushed the edge. Stopped on the line. <laughs> uh, yep, yeah, I can finish. <laughs> and a half marathon. And you were saying to me that you were leading one of those at one point. Yeah, the, the Wilmslow one was like a, I think it was like an English championship, or an English counter for, I didn't really know, I was training for Ironman at the time and I just thought, I'd enter this, it's local, it's close, I can, I can do it and uh, I just got really excited and just set off from the gun. Yeah. And, uh, I went around the corner at mile three and my mum and dad stood there and like my dad, like, it was like a, I was in front, it was like a echelon of runners behind me looking very puzzled because <laughs> I didn't have a, a club vest on. No. Did you have some of your trademark shorts on? Uh, I've, I can't remember because I don't have shorts down as anything that advances optimal performance very much. Just, oh, were you very performance minded then? Yeah, I was then, but kit, like stuff like shorts and t-shirts, like shorts, Hide your underpants, which hides your modesty in the t-shirt, yeah. just covers your top because you've got to wear one. Like, I don't think there's much performance. It's fit. Yeah, it's probably not going to take a minute or two off your time, is it? My own personal opinion. Shoes. Yeah. I, I, I can go with shoes, but so shorts. I was probably wearing some kind of second hand, like pass me downs or something like that. There was never. Yeah. Any, but yeah, shorts are not optimal performance. But, um, yeah, needless to say, I ended up. 
finishing pretty far down the, 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 the back after leading it out to <laughs> three. Decent. But you did say when you were younger you were quite good at cross-country before you were directed towards football. Yeah, I've always been able to just turn my hand to running. Yeah. So I'm not an overnight success in the, in the, in the running world that some people have said to, have said to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've always... I, I find running... Like it's the one thing that I find really natural and was always... Suppose other things that I've done, I've had to like really work at getting to a level where I think I'm happy with running. Always felt quite natural. Like cross country, I was always able to. When they managed to get me to do it, yeah. I used to like I would easily win at like issue and stuff like that. And still got this is something that I'll take to the grave is I've still got the Baker Pub Rottenstall Grammar School cross country record, and I had it for ten years, and then the and after turf on it so the course is now gone forever and yeah. no one ever beat me that's yours that's mine at football like I was able to like easily meet all the criteria and running yeah all the running stuff we did in training I, like I was always like up at the front in yeah. the top like two or three for, and that is including like first I was like pretty running has always been quite natural yeah I'll come on to that in a minute <laughs> So would those two races be your first and almost last road races? Or is that just that they're not, all your road races aren't showing up? Because Power of Ten is just something that you can use to look people up a little bit, but it doesn't have everything on there. Yeah. Is that probably all you've really done on the road? Yeah, before taking up. Because they're very, they're very respectable times, I'm <laughs> going to say. Before running again. Yeah. I'd done like, before starting running in August 21, I'd only done probably six. Okay. Running races since yeah. I left, since I left school. And they were whilst you were training for Ironman. Yeah. So Iron you'd Man been Man. training how long for Ironman when you ran those? Because. Uh, I'd done a good five or six years of. There'll be a theme through this. Most things I do, I do with like an obsessive nature. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I'd done loads of cycling, got a bit bored of it, and then yeah. started doing triathlons. And again, that the running can be quite natural. It's like. Every time I do a triathlon, I'd get the fastest run time. Even like in my first one, pretty much. Because I'm oh good. I'm feeling better now. Because what was nice about reading those times was I was like, oh, that's we're very we're very close on like road PBs there. So I was like, oh well, you know, you know how your your runner's yeah. mind works. He goes, oh, okay, so I'm you know very similar on the road to to Dhoni and. That obviously means by the time I'm 40, I'll be uh, competing for the yeah, yeah, running Vet 40 Champs, you know. You'll be a Vet 40 Champion by the yeah. time you're 40, yeah. <laughs> the way it works, isn't it's it? It's exactly how it works, <laughs> isn't it? Just, just, it'll just arrive at the yeah. doorstep. Naturally, without even having to... You've got to go through a big, like, existential crisis yeah. since you're, you're 118. And <laughs> you've got to do, like, 10 years of something. There way. is one existential crisis we might have shared as we look at each other now. <laughs> Possibly. How old were you? This is what all the listeners want to hear. How old <laughs> were you when you decided to go for the smooth approach to your head? <laughs> Looking back at photographs, I'd yeah. say too old. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back at photographs, I'd say it was probably about... If I'd been nice to myself, I'd say maybe five years too late. If I'd been hard, I'd say I should have gone. I should have gone. 
God, I should have gone early twenties. Are you an evangelical like Baldy? Are you are you telling people who you can see receding, mate, do it now before it's too late, shave that head, uh, or are you kind of like? Go on, I'll let you answer before no, I you, put you more in. You answer the, well, you what answer I was going to say is, I, I kind of feel like, although I'm glad and I like, I love being a baldy, although I'm like happy with it, I do sometimes, if someone's having this like, and they're sort of like pulling their hair back and go, oh yeah, I'm really receding. And I'm like, no mate, <laughs> you're not that bad actually. Yeah. Well, if I think it genuinely... So uh, if, if I think, yeah, they're receding, it's time to shave it. Yeah. But I think some people can pull off a receding hairline fine. Who? Uh, it depends a level of receding. If you're <laughs> doing like a full comb over, you're not pulling it off. If you're someone who... So for me, Shearer had a little bit of an island at one yeah. point. I genuinely think his Blackburn Rovers haircuts are fine. I don't think that was a man in denial of where he should have been. Yeah. His head now on telly, we're not, neither of us are really watching the World Cup, but if I do watch football, one thing I admire is how well shaved Alan Shearer's head is. It's up there as one of the best domes. <laughs> he's, he's clearly a, 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 a big bit. razor in him rather than yeah. a, a little trimmer. He's one of the best of the bigs. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like, if I feel like, if it looked worse than Shearer's at if now someone's got a haircut for me that looks worse than Shearer in his heyday at Blackburn, yeah. I'm saying you should shave it. Right. If it's about that, I'm saying you've got the rest of your life to be bold. Keep Enjoy it. that little bit that you've got. Whereas I know a guy who was really funny, he's my mate's friend, and he had long hair, he was in a band, I think they were like a band in Wakefield called like the Whiskey Dogs, and then he shaved his head, and he will just tear into people like, shave your head, mate. Like it's just like, <laughs> and I was at a wedding, and it was like he was—he might have even been working on me, uh, like because I hadn't gone You're at that point. The bullet. Yeah, and I was just like, this is a bit much. Like I'm just enjoying the wedding here. <laughs> so where are you on the scale, though? Like I'm saying, I'm honest. I'm saying I'm not lying yeah. to anyone uh, on on the yeah. I'll the be decisions. if if someone says to me, "What do you think?" and they clearly need to do it. I'll... Yeah, I'm pretty honest. But you're not force. You're not forcing the issue with people. I'm you're not, not forceful. I, I also haven't got like a like scale or a guide like you have. Like the, I the, think the, the Alan Shearer. Like I haven't got that. I just I've just made it. that guide today in this conversation. I don't, I don't think that's true. <laughs> 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 I've got a book. <laughs> you hold next to people's heads. The young Western Shearer. Yeah, I think I think you've got to be. Honest, and I think most of the time, if if someone if someone comes up to me and pulls the hair back and says, "Do you think I should shave my head?" Yeah, I think they are. I think they've answered their own did. question. Yeah, I think they've answered their own question. Yeah. Okay. So what? Then, and then the question for me is, how much of an existential crisis was it for you? Because I do think some men really struggle with the whole experience. It wasn't. I imagine men do have and when I was a barber a lot of people did struggle a couple of people who you could say talked into it but and they both came back in and thanked me and said like they look better yeah. wives, friends everybody has, has said they look a lot better yeah uh, it wasn't much of a crisis but I have a tip 
like yeah. a top tip for, for to give people who are about to bite the bullet. Yeah. Uh, you know, and mine is to... Wear just, a swimming hat for a day? No. <laughs> that would be, yeah, that would be what? Weird, but it would be one. My, my other one is to... Uh, so the worst thing about it, I find, is when you see bumping to new people and they're like, you've shaved your head. Yeah. I always, I saw the two people I did when I was boring, I talked them into it. I didn't do it on the haircut where I talked them into it. Yeah. I said, grow like a moustache or grow a beard. Yes. Or shave your beard. Like do something yeah. different mm-hmm. and then shave your head. Yeah. So it's not obviously apparent that you, so when someone comes up to you and says, you've done something different. Yeah. You don't go, I've shaved my head and you go, I can tell. Whereas if you go, oh, I've just, I've gone a bit of a beard. They'd be like, because ah, no one really notices. They yeah. They notice what they don't, but I, I always said, do something else at the same time. How old were you then when it happened for you? When I started, I when I did it. When you, when you shaved your head. When, when I shaved you did it, it, I was 34, 35. Okay, because I'm going to pull on your heartstrings now. I was about 24, 25. I couldn't grow a beard. So I didn't have the option to so like... Could you have got a tash? I would look like a 15-year-old moustache attempt, you know, yeah. like that horrible... It would have not yeah. been pleasant. And, uh, yeah, so I, I just went... I didn't go Bic. I just went with the electric uh, razor approach. And actually, it was hilarious because the first night I went out, like, I swear, I was at a bar and the bold bloke sort of gave me a nod. And I was like... Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm in a club here. Yeah. Yeah. His boyfriend came in later. I did wonder if it was different kind of nod. (laughs) (laughs) That's also a thing. (laughs) But uh, yeah. So, but yeah. Apart from, I think I, I think I've been told by some people have been very kind and they've said, oh yeah, you got a head that suits you and all that stuff. My cousin was a bit of a dick and he said, you look ill. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but other than that it's been one of the best things I've done yes, one of the best things I've ever done yeah. sure. so if there are any listeners out there who are going up to people and are pulling their hair back and saying is it time for me to shave your head send your pictures into the <laughs> on the back foot <laughs> we'll uh, do the Alan Shearer test and we'll get back to you with an answer <laughs> me and Donnie will give you a review oh I've done it again me and Donnie will give you a review be honest <laughs> and uh, when we were talking about you coming on the podcast, you were saying that you'd lived many lives. So, barber—that obviously was one. Yeah, that was one. Yeah, that was that was my barber Manchester City Centre thing, which was suppose I had my own business as a decorator, which would be another life. Yeah, life. Uh, we can do chronological, or we can just. Which way do you like to do it? Jump around. I'm, I'm happy to jump around. Yeah. Some of them precede... Like, so the, the yeah. barbering was because when I was decorating... Yes. I... And at the same time, I was doing Ironman training in my... Literally, my back spasmed and I had, like, numerous, probably three or four situations where I was laid out on a settee for four or five weeks at a time. Which you were telling me earlier is when you discovered yoga, which is another life. And we'll come to that one in a bit. Which is life. So... I basically couldn't do any exercise for about eight months. Ended up seeing this, like, it's not for me to talk yeah. about the NHS system. I got passed around <laughs> a little bit from pillar to post, but they were, everyone was really good. Mm. But I kind of got like 
past the room where I didn't really need, like I went through yeah. an MRI scan and the MRI scan a different part of my body than the, what they were supposed to do yeah. rather yeah. than like, so I ended up seeing this musculoskeletal guy and he was basically like, you're not the strongest person I've ever seen, mm-hmm. you're not the most inflexible person mm-hmm. I've ever seen, but the gap between them both yes. is, is pretty big. How you've not been injured before, I've no idea. Mm. I was like, well, I don't go about fixing it. And he said, you need to get some strength and flexibility as mm-hmm. soon as possible. I said, how do I do that? He said, yoga. <clears throat> and I said, how is, because I'm quite comfortable in just like changing for my health is everything, mm-hmm. over everything. So I said to him, is decorating the problem? Because I needed, I wanted answers. Is decorating the problem? Or is the, the like, I am man training. Yeah. The problem. I, I, it was for an half Ironman to go through to an Ironman, but this after the half Ironman, this quickly disrupted the, the full Ironman going forward. And he basically said, like, I'm unable to give you <laughs> give you that answer. Yeah. But he said, and I think I was just lucky getting him. He was like, you seem to get a lot from these activities, like the the, the cycling, the running, mm-hmm. the hair swimming. He seems he seemed to get a lot of benefit, like mentally and all this from mm-hmm. them things. He's like, so, and I can't say it's them or this. He's like, but what I can tell you is, is being a decorator is a very physical job where mm. you're moving and hinging mm-hmm. from your lower back quite a lot. So I took that as, you need to change careers. So I wound down the decorating business and retrained as a, a barber. Okay. Uh, and... That's where the, the barbering came from. It was just something I really wanted to do that I could justify, not necessarily financially, because the decorating business was good financially, mm-hmm. being a barber isn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was something I was passionate about and it was enough for me to close the business down and put my energy and efforts yeah. somewhere else while I was trying to figure out okay. how to how to fix the back. So that's where barbering came from. It was literally because my back had spasmed. And he basically said something along the lines of, if you carry on decorating and completely stop doing this, Uh stop doing the stuff, he's like, with the way that moves, it's going to be doing micro damage probably. Okay, yeah. As you move through life. Yeah. You know, it's not going to be huge damage, but Mm -hmm. hinging it, bending over, doing all these things, Mm. it's going to be putting a load in and around that area mm-hmm. of your body. So, yeah. he's like, that's not to say it's the reason or it's not the reason. He's like, yeah. but, he's like, that's an honest answer of like, the next 25 years being yeah. decorator. I was working six days a week. He was like, that Lord is going to have some say on your uh-huh. body and back health. So I was just right. well, I'm getting out of that. Yes. And there may be medical people who have a differing opinion to him, but what I like about the whole story is that he gave you his honest opinion and you were prepared to go, do you know what, I'm going to make a change. And you made a change and then you said like you made a change with health as your yes. like underlying yes. like principle there. Yeah, health is everything. I've got a cousin, similar age, who's got muscular dystrophy. Uh-huh. So he's muscle wasted, there's no cure for it. Uh, walking with crutches is heading towards a wheelchair probably in the next five years and it's not a you know it's not a good outlook no. for a long life yeah another friend who had cancer for four years sadly passed away so like 
you know, if I can, I'm still full health <clears throat> and I can do, make the decisions to benefit it and a lot of things that I decide on now are alongside. Yeah. You know, just thinking that my cousin and my other friend who sadly died of cancer would probably give anything uh-huh. to be in my situation, to be able to lace up and just go for a run. So, you know, it gives me pretty grounded when things are all going to... Yeah. For one of a bad description. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're pretty like the two of the things that ground me in. Yeah. Health is a is a is my main optimal focus, I'd say. Which fits quite nicely if you're now in this current life a yoga teacher. I'm not if the you studio pause, went bankrupt. Yeah. So I was wondering that. <laughs> yeah, then the studio went bankrupt, so So what are you doing now? I am labouring on for and doing like concrete repairs and stone masonry. Okay. Uh, a friend of mine in, in and around Leeds and Kirklees mainly. Okay. So which is good. It's it's I'm sure Zal won't be upset that I've said this, but I don't know if it's like something I want to do for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. But coming from teaching yoga to transitioning, if I have to from something. From that to something else, which the studio going bankrupt has meant I've had to. The idea of doing a physical job outside, manual labour. Mm. We do a lot of specialist repairs, so a good chunk of it can be like in the middle of nowhere, up on the hills, in fields, okay. in rivers. So it's like, it's kind of... Getting you nice, outside. Yeah, it's a nice transition to uh, coming out of teaching yoga and into what I would class as normal or real life. Because... Life as a yoga teacher isn't, like, it's not really, a, mm. like, a normal way of life. You're out every evening. Uh-huh. You know, you're probably going to be working at yes. least one of the days of the weekend. Yeah, you've got, so, not got a nine-to-five, which, yeah. nine-to-fives are quite nice sometimes. This, this is, this is, it's more like six till three, but it's, yeah. it's similar. But, like, yeah, so transitioning, if I'd have come from yoga and into an office mm. not since there's anything wrong with offices I just know me and my personality like yeah. I've really struggled with that transition yes whereas this transition's felt like quite nice actually and when's this transition been taking place sort of this year uh, I probably started from about two or three weeks before Langdale so whatever so Lang- I don't I forget when Langdale was but that, that yeah, was, it, was it September was it, was it not October Yes, <coughs> you are right, it was October. I think it was either the first weekend or the second weekend. So that would date it to like mid, mid-September. mid Did a couple of days for him previous to that. Um, How's it, run a question, has it impacted on your training, doing, going from a yoga I teacher? I don't train. Do yeah. I don't train. No, that's, yeah, yeah. Has it impacted on your running? Uh, no. Yeah. It's, it's difficult to say because last year I was working evenings, <coughs> so I was able to run during the day, in daylight. Yeah. So I was still doing like 8,500 miles a week last year, all on the fells. And then because of the way it's worked this year with working, for, <coughs> working during the days, I'm having to run at night. Mm-hmm. And I'm not into running around on the hills in a head torch no. every single run. So I suppose my mileage or time is still uh-huh. similar. My mileage is still in around 85. 
Okay. And a, and a but it's because more I'm on being, road. Yeah. Yeah. So I think if I was to try. Yeah, your mileage will be the similar level mileage, but your time on feet will dropped. Slightly less. Yeah. yeah. Because I have, I would. So I was going. I usually run. I used to run for like two hours a day when yeah. I was yoga teaching. At least. Would you? Is that two runs or is that one run? Uh, that bit? tends to well, I, that tends to be one main run. I usually sometimes run to and from work uh-huh. and take the dog for a run. I run to the shop. So like I like I ex- taking the dog for a run has now become a thing because he's older and he can do full mm. distance. But when he was a puppet, I'd go and do two hours mm-hmm. and then we'd go and do like twenty minutes with him. And some people say that's probably quite a lot. What would drive you to run, say, two hours a day on average? Is that is that like the functional side of it? Running to work, what? Uh, Talk me through the, the thought the, process. The maybe. two hours was always just me running in the house. Yeah. The rest of it would have been function. So some days, so I think I had a check this year just in case you asked me any specific questions yeah. about this. Yeah. I think I have, so so far this year, I think I've done like 420 runs. Oh, sweet, so yeah. It's I had a good few days, it's more yeah. than, but I would, I would always do a uh, run as my practice or yeah. my, my my time for me. Yeah. Uh, time outside, travelling through nature. I would always do that and mm-hmm. then everything would kind of... So if I had to go to the shops and yeah. I was running there, it would be separate. And that's why that running would be more in the hills when, you know, time in nature, time yeah. outside. Yeah. So now when it's time on the road at the minute, are you finding you're getting as much out of it? You're enjoying it as much because I actually would be brave enough to say there is a lot of enjoyment in road running, even I, though I, I've, even though I've moved away from it. I'm, uh, probably a year ago, I'd have disagreed, but uh, having done a lot more of it now through necessity or time or whatever you want to describe it, I, yeah, I feel it's it's slightly different. Mm. Uh, which is probably obvious but, <laughs> yeah. uh, so I suppose physically like race fitness whatever you want to call it is it the same like time will tell I'll find mm. out come like the three yeah. beach probably exactly yeah. next, well I've got Toronto Hellbell on next weekend but three beach will be the first time I'll be running against like Brennan I can't speak well I can't speak for them guys but I yeah. presume well no Brennan's on the list actually so that's why I've said Brennan's name's uh-huh. on the list yeah, but, yeah. Uh, so that's the first time I'll be running against people I've run against this year from doing purely fell yes so that will probably be a gauge as to of where you are in a physical fitness whether because I'm going to continue doing probably 80% of my running through the whole of winter on, yeah. on roads yes uh, I suppose spiritually I was a practice or something that I take for myself and Enjoy and cherish. Yeah, it's giving me the. It's 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 giving me the same enjoyment, and I think yeah. that's to do with the fact that we're designed as humans to run and travel through like time and space, whether that's uh-huh. hills or road. I'm blessed that there's lots of lots of tiny country lanes around here where it's very <clears throat> very little traffic. Yeah, and, and actually, you're still going to get some of the similar views that you might get. Not with a head torch, but like... There has been, like, this is breaking news. There has been a couple of times where I've ran on the roads in daylight. Mm. So that's not forced by... By, yeah. That's choice. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, oh. and you're right, up and around the hills here, you get... The only thing is, if I was to get my specific head preparation on, 
mm. the, the, it's easier to get elevation yes. on the fence. Yeah. It's quite difficult on roads because they tend to go up and across for quite a bit. Uh-huh. Whereas, as we've just done today, yeah. we've just run up and down the same three times. Ran over to another hill, ran up and down that three times. No, I've, <laughs> I've still not looked at the map yet. <laughs> so, I mean, to, yeah, to help with the listeners here, there's there's a... First of all, we'll probably start with there's like we've had a bit of a chat around the word training, which I'm a pop. I feel like I'm saying like Macbeth to an actor, <laughs> like <laughs> might not have come off on the microphone, but Donny slapped his head there. <laughs> Dramatic acting pause. But that's not a word you're particularly keen on. Um, and we had a lovely chat about football from our both of our experiences before we even went running, didn't we? And for you, if I'm trying to condense this, training involved being told what to do for a large chunk of your life? Well, from the age of like, I'd say 13, when it started to get pretty serious, 14, signed the contract, and got released around 21, 22, so I suppose seven or eight years of my life was spent and I don't think it's like I think for me it's being told what to do for that long and then getting released yeah so let's stay with this because part of my research paper and and this is quite this is the little fun bit before we go a bit deeper with this but you're on you're on championship manager 0102 so if you're naming Google wow that ages me yeah, sorry. <laughs> I would argue that is the best version of Champ Manager ever. It's because I'm on it. Yeah, nailed. And you're a forward right centre, which I probably would have signed you. You're 20 years old. I was always signing the youth because you've got to have a vision on the future. Now, I'd like your opinion on this. The, the screenshot that they've shared on Google, you score stamina 12, which I don't... Out of... Out of 20. Disagree. Disagree, yeah. I disagreed on your behalf. Yeah. Aggression. What would you score yourself before I tell you what, what the... Uh... It's really weird, the aggression one, because it was a forward and I couldn't tackle. Yeah. I would say I was probably a three out of ten for aggression. What, I would what? say I was a three out of... No, three out of twenty, sorry. Mm. The amount of times as a forward that you're involved... That you did anything aggressive. Yeah. But then I was like a 25 out of 20 aggression when it came to like tackling. Like, yeah. Like, like, not that I'm going to compare myself, but like, if I'm not going to say his name, just in case. But like, oh, a lot of, well, like Paul Scholes was never, yeah. never famed for his like beautiful tackling skills. He wasn't, no. He was like wild, rash, high, and yeah. fast and hard. And like, that yeah. tended to be a thing with like, yeah. like kind of like forwards or creative types. Like, yeah. you just couldn't tackle. So when you did, you just went mental, went insane. Yeah. And just went crazy <laughs> and got sent off. So like, clever of him though, because he never got like, thrown back into a defensive midfield role that he didn't no, want to be doing. Until later on. But yeah, so I, Aggression-wise, I'd like to think at Hall, putting those two figures together and bringing it to 20. They scored you at 15, and I had you in my head as a serene yoga teacher, so I was like, what's, what's, what's they, going on they must, have watched, they must have watched the reserve game when I got sent off after five seconds against Oldham. And then, this disappointed me, and obviously, like, let's just say that this is all probably untrue, they only gave you five for teamwork, and I feel like you're more of a carer of the fellow man than a selfish little five out of twenty yeah, team I, worker. I, I think 
Yeah. We, we heard about your spell at right wing back, you know. You, you were... <laughs> do anything for the team back. Well, no, you would do, wouldn't you? You'd do anything because you were the next best thing, so you'd do what you were told. The last thing that I'll say, which I did love about finding this screenshot in, because I, I really geeked out on it, you banged eight goals in three appearance with one sub. So, like, eight goals in four games on Champ Manager. Champ Manager saw some Is this talent. on Champ Manager in real life? Uh, Champ Manager, oh, unfortunately. Right. But they obviously saw some talent. And, like, yeah, I mean, what a lot of people would say is, Donny Clark, what's his story? And uh, ex-footballer is quite something for, you know, people are going to want to know. And I thought your experience of signing a contract in front of 15,000... 25. 20, 25,000. Cal Stadium, whatever the capacity is of the... It's now called the John Smiths. Or yeah. There's, there's, there's something else. It, it, was, it was a bit of a mad experience, basically, wasn't it? Yeah, it was... Yeah, I can go into detail, or I can just, like, skim a little bit as to, as to like, what I think that does to, to a 14-year-old when you... I think uh, go for it with as much as you want to give. This this could go on. Well, yeah, I'll take. Okay, it's it's the experience was going to the ground on a Tuesday night, getting introduced to the manager at the time, assistant manager, going into their office, getting photographs taken with them, and then into the to meet the Sunderland players, meet the. Huddersfield Town Niall Quinn I'll Quinn. pick that name up there and this is like Huddersfield were championship yeah. at the time so they weren't like way down it was like a pretty big deal mm. as a club should I say then you get just the teams are starting to come out of the tunnel I go onto the front of the pitch they've got the table set out I think it was the academy manager comes out announcement comes out that I'm going out signing a five year contract you sign the contract 25,000 people Cheating in. Yeah. First, the players run out. Now Queen comes and shakes around, and a few other people. You go off. Like I don't know how a fourteen-year-old is supposed to compute that. Yeah. You're in Spanish, supposed to be doing your GCSE, which ultimately, like, even though I don't think GCSE should be everything in yeah. the current system, they get you through to the next. Yes. Like, so I was. You were bound to toss off your GCSEs, weren't you? Well, I wasn't the most intelligent anyway at school. Mm. I wasn't very disinterested in sitting in the classroom and being You don't sad. know if you don't know that though, really. You're conditioned, right. aren't you, to probably think you're not that intelligent because you're told that you're great at running around. Yeah, and, you, like, and I said this to you previously. Like, yeah. They have to kind of instill into you that you're the next big thing because yeah. for two reasons. Because one, they want you to be so they can make money on you. Yeah. I don't think it's. I don't think it's because they like. Yeah. Like fourteen-year-old. Yeah. Like, you know, specifically, I think it's because they make money off you. But also, it's such a competitive environment that if they don't tell you that and you don't believe that, yeah, I don't think you will Yeah, be the next best thing, which will ultimately make them money. So, yeah. like, it's a pretty weird... It's a pretty cutthroat industry, isn't it? Yeah, and it's a weird thing, like, as a 14-year-old trying to... And other people might have different experiences, but it was very weird for me trying to, like, go back into... Spanish at mm. nine o'clock the next day. Mm. After 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 that. Yeah. And like I suppose for me the disconnect or the imbalance was that like what had just happened the night before. This Spanish class or that day at school was equally as important. Mm. Where they just felt 
worlds apart. A, a worlds apart, and one yeah. felt really special and really important, and one felt like it was a huge waste of time. <laughs> yeah, in terms of hopes and dreams, yeah. you might have no designs to ever go to Spain. No, <laughs> I did. Yeah, go to Spain, but it wasn't in the same way that I went onto the front. Of the, no one yeah. clapped. Yeah. <laughs> Twenty-five thousand people weren't waiting at, uh, at Malaga Airport. <laughs> so yeah, it was like a different yeah. kind of thing, and it was just a di- it's a, just a, just a difficult thing. And then there's no you know fast forward. We don't need to go into loads of detail yeah. on football, but it came out that basically, eventually. <clears throat> what had been kind of what, is it fair to say promised to you or what had been what you've been led to believe was your future turned out not to happen yeah I, I think what I would I would go down and say that no one ever says you know you are you know it's made like you so you, if you do that you think in your own head that mm-hmm. you are possibly going to be one of the next yeah. biggest and best things of course no one actually says like you are going to be yeah but as I've said previously like they do try to uh, instill in you that you need to think like that because that's the only mentality that's going to going to work yeah and as a, a 14 year old it's a weird thing to conceptualise in your head and then seven years later you just get released and someone says to you uh well, there was a guy from the bank who released me because of the Swedish going into administration. My contract finished the soonest. And then, like, someone says along the way, oh, like, the, F1, the FA will pay yeah. 80% of them. You know, that's the only out you get. Yeah. It's like the FA will contribute to your next training course. There's no, like... So that's great, but you need... I think you need some kind of, you know, like... The dog's not drinking your water. That's you all need, right. You I'm need, okay. like... I think you need some kind of, not necessarily counselling, but you need more than just someone's going to contribute yeah. 80% to a course for you. Yeah, and that's just yeah. it. Yeah. Did you did you sort of seek other clubs afterwards for a little bit? Did you have a period? Yeah, but I was, I was, I was, I was long gone by then. Looking back, I was gone. Yeah. I was gone. Right? In your head. 19, 19 and a half. Yeah. Well, you'd had enough of football. Well, looking back now, yeah. Yeah. In, if I was, if I had my brain now as yeah. that, at 19, yeah. 19, 19 and a half, I think I'd have, I'd have removed myself, yeah. or I'd have, like, had a word with myself and, and yeah. got myself deeply focused, but yeah. I think I'd drifted a good, yeah. a good chunk by then. It's pretty hard, like, not, not getting anywhere at that time. It's a hard like, thing to take emotionally, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Like, all your dreams yeah. kind of have gone. I mean, in 19, I was still in it, and you kind of still think that you've got the chance of... But then, they just... So they just bring you players in. Yeah. Bring you players in on top of you. Yeah. They're not paying you out anymore. Yeah. You're kind of doing this weird commitment to this job that sometimes you don't really see a route mm. through. Even though, you know, like Johnstead made it, and a few other people made it, and stuff like mm. that, but this is only my, my personal experience. <clears throat> it was... From forward to right wing back to you know to be in training with the first team, but then not being picked for the reserve team. It's all a bit of a yeah. And at forty one now, yeah, I can get me out of that. Yeah, at, but at nineteen when it's everything you can. Yeah, have. and you can see it happening because at nineteen you weren't stupid. 
you know, you would have seen, like you've just said, you would have seen that there wasn't a route through. And like, this isn't all for us to just diss on football. But like, it's a lot, it's that kind of thing where you're so close to something, but you can also see that it's just actually disappearing, but you're still there. Yeah, yeah. That's that's definitely how it felt once Mick Wadsworth had been sacked and then there was new management involved. And from that point on, it felt like, uh, looking back, it definitely felt like it was a trajectory going one way. To yeah. The point where when someone comes in and says, you released, it's not like, oh, yeah. am I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well, obviously. But, and, and, and it was po- and, and probably what I'm sort of saying now, it's probably always going to result in you being released as opposed to you releasing yourself you're not going to walk away from it because there's so much expectation, there's so much like, you know, you still are hoping there's a chink of light and someone's going to, there might even be a change of manager next week and yeah. someone might come in and go, Donny Clark is the forward that I'm going to put on the bench and then um, yeah. then you're going to have, you just need to score one goal in the FA Cup and you get a contract that means something. And it's also, it's not an awful Life, no. Uh, you know, you, you 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 do a good chunk of training. Uh, I was mainly involved. I trained with the first team, but I was part of the reserve squad as I got towards like nineteen years old. After yeah. I get too old to play in the youth team, uh, so you kind of don't do the traditional like ninety minutes, two hours. What people yeah. perceive they yeah. do. Uh, so we were off to stay in the afternoon and doing some kind of training. But like you outside mm-hmm. again, like this, yeah. this is a common like, you outside. Yeah. I was really good friends with a lot of the people there. Oh, you yeah. spent so much yeah. intense time with people. You know, it's you a played big, football, which was at that point... It's was, like a family, isn't it, it was, being it part of a club? Yeah, and that was everything at the time. So, like, you're not just going to go, Yeah. you know what? Yeah, I'm over this. I'm over this. I'm, <laughs> over, I'm over possibly being the next big thing. Yeah. I'm over it. Yeah. Like, it's a, it's a, an interesting thing. And other people will have different experiences. Yeah, of course, of course they, will. they will. My main takeaway would be the the aftercare yeah for, for whether you're uh, come through and you get released at 16 whether you get released at 17 18 19 it's not paying 80% of the course it's yeah. like everything's going to be alright yeah like we need to make sure you can transition from this you've just this. lost your whole identity yeah so you, you may be able to form a new one <laughs> yeah but it's not going to be overnight yeah. and like so even if you don't make it and you do make it there's this repetitive theme that goes on of it tends to be a bit of a, a, a non-caring situation other than paying something towards another course, which, you know, yeah. is one thing, but I think mentally and emotionally you need more than that. Yeah. So that's football. Football's shite. It's the World Cup tonight. Watch it if you like. Um, <laughs> it's helped me in uh, Donny Bond because <laughs> we felt like Ah, yeah, you've uh, seen that side of things. Um, We love foul running. We should get back to that, shouldn't we? Yeah. (laughs) And we love foul running, I think, because, like you say, there's there's definitely being out in nature is a a good asset of foul running. We've just had a lovely winter wonderland run for about an hour and a half. You show me your preparation for Langdale. 
and I've had a we've had a really good chat. I made sure you were chatting on all the steepest bits, so I could just jog along beside you whilst. Don't need any invitation. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been it's been great. So if we could somehow recapture some of what we were talking about, because I think, I mean, we'll. What I did like was, um, yeah, so we don't call it training. I'm over training. We call it preparation. We did the Langdale preparation run. My Langdale training, not training, so my Langdale <laughs> specific preparation route. And it involved, because if we summarise what we both have learned, <laughs> is if you want to get better at fell running, run up some hills. That's my, if you want to... Get better at fell. If you want to get better, be more specific. I'm going to turn into a bit of a nightmare. Please if you do. want to get better at the English Championships yeah. or racing an A category race, yeah. you have to be able to run up steepers. Yeah. <laughs> There's your lesson. Done. Podcast over. Sorted. <laughs> yeah. And you did that by making and this is this is the epic training bit really isn't it because you you sorry this epic preparation bit where you did like you got your route yeah and you did it what how many times would you estimate in the build-up to langdale would you have ran this quickly figured out after lower borrowdale then Mm. it was the uphills <clears throat> well, I had a horrible time, 2021, tore a pendle on the steep stuff towards the end. Did a couple of like B category races, then did Gisborough, which was less A category in style. I'd yeah. say you got the elevation more over the whole course rather than in specific up and down climbs. And I quickly realised, so I, I think it was... I think it was about two weeks before the old crown round. Yeah. And I think that might have been after Dudden. Uh-huh. When it felt awful again, running up, steep stuff. Yeah. But yeah, the flat and the downhill, I was fine. Okay. And running round here for like two, three hours, four hours was fine. But as soon as I went into like kind of different ter- terrain, I yeah. really struggled. So I just moaned for a bit after Lord Borrowdale saying there's no hills near me um, <laughs> as Charles would probably vouch for there's plenty of steep hills near me yeah. Yeah. but I just had to contrive a route yeah. uh, and through having run around here for a long time it was pretty much I'd say five or six hills that I knew I had to hit to get the elevation that I wanted Yeah. and you can add on a few more to make it longer you could do it shorter there's little bits where you can peel mm. off but I think it was about two and a half maybe three month period yeah and I run near enough every day yeah other than obviously and you just run that run a, a variation of that route yeah every I day really, I got really bored one day and you run every day don't you run seven days a week yeah yeah every day I got really bored one day and it was against my uh, <laughs> my climate conscious but I drove to Pendle to, to get to just run up and down some different hills. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, every, <laughs> pretty much every single day I ran up and down the same hills. And it worked, I think. Yeah, yeah. For me, like, not necessarily position-wise or time-wise, but I feel like in Langdale I felt comfortable where I wanted to feel comfortable, which was mm. running up the 
the Steve Hill. We'll come to that. What we like to say, you were you were first out of everybody <laughs> in the Vet Forties, out of everybody who bothered. I was fourth overall in the first Vet Forty in the English Champs 2022, out of those who bothered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. I've become. I've. I've. I've got to accept this phrase that we quite like. Uh, can you? Can you just add a little bit to what you mean when you say out of everybody who bothered? Because yeah, it might are. be controversial, but it probably is going to be controversial. But this is what <laughs> I think, and I'm going to drop a, a couple of names. I hope these people don't mind. But I imagine that. Chris Richards, for mm-hmm. example, might have something to say about the fact that I am the fourth best film runner in England this year. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, he obviously was preoccupied elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not saying he couldn't be bothered. I'm just saying, like, he didn't do this. Yes. So it's not like an actual reflection that I am the fourth best. I imagine Dan yeah. Howarth yeah. will have something to say. And I yeah. imagine Billy Cartwright would have something to say about yeah. that being like a solid fact of I'm the fourth best yeah. in the country. So yeah. that's why I like to add out of those who bothered. And I don't mean it in a negative no. connotation also. I mean you're, you're saying the bothered the bothered is the positive, how they will made it their main purpose. Yeah, of the year. it was their main purpose, whether it was even on I'm presuming by him not doing it, it wasn't even on Chris Richards's yeah. to do this this year and that's yeah. doesn't mean it bothered in a bad way. It's no. just a way of me kind of making it kind of a funny statement, I suppose. Yeah. I do, I, I, I genuinely believe it. And, you know, I think some people who we've discussed uh-huh. only ended up doing four races mm-hmm. who probably are clearly better runners than me. Yeah. And I'm not saying they weren't bothered in a negative connotation, yeah. but I did all six with a view to taking this seriously and getting yeah. the best score that I could, allowing for bad runs, injuries, illness. Yeah. Like Billy probably would admit himself that he lost maybe the championship on yeah. getting ill on holiday, yeah. which then took out Bradwell for him. Yeah. And yeah. ultimately, I think we only might have been going off the podcast we did with Dan. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that doesn't mean Billy wasn't bothered yeah. it's just that he put himself down for five races mm-hmm. and it didn't work out for him yeah. whereas I went in all in on six yeah. and for me I feel like it worked out yeah definitely and I think like you know like some people might be cynical and say um, you know it then makes the failed championships a how often you turn up more than how good you are but at the same time it's the English championship so yeah and it's a six way series yeah and the other side of it like and it's almost like a, a little football thing the league table doesn't lie does it so the league table doesn't lie no. yeah so you know I, I've i come around I, I think it's quite funny and I also think it's quite a nice way of looking at it like I feel like we, we had a longer conversation we had a much longer conversation maybe articulated it a little yeah. bit Better. Yeah, because my my uh, my throwback to you was that I'm fully aware of, and all my friends will love me mentioning my win at Chesterfield Half Marathon <laughs> on here. Could I never talk about it since it happened? Yeah, yeah. That was four hours of the conversation. Uh, 
And of course, yeah, normally the time that I ran would not win me a, a, a race, which is of a decent sized town in a half marathon. And you could say of those that bothered, but I would also have friends who will win a race and then they'll go, yeah, but no one good turned up. And I would like to say, well, yeah, but you won. Like you've yeah. got like, no one can take that experience away from you either. So like enjoy it, fully enjoy it. Maybe a little bit tongue in cheek if you feel like, like you're saying, like you don't fully feel like the fourth best fell runner in England, which is, I think, that is part of the point you're making. Yeah, possibly, yeah. But also, that's just, that's just being like, you're just being honest to yourself. But actually, in terms of in what you've, you're, you can be very satisfied with that you fully bothered and you've given your yeah. best to it and just, no one can take it away that you didn't give your yeah. best. And then... I suppose it probably drops back into the, the training thing that like, I've now got a... I'm now fourth, yeah. like, and I arguably put a good chunk of time, energy, effort, and probably yeah. money into it. Yeah. Then I am, yeah. Yeah. But I don't think it means I'm the yeah. fourth best bet runner. I yeah. would say I think I am the first best bet fighter. Yeah. I would say that. Yeah. yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to say that like I would go toe to toe with most yeah. bet fighters and put my money on me. Yeah. If everyone turned up. In the open category, <laughs> I wouldn't bet on me to finish fourth. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. That might be a, a slightly different way to yeah to phrase it. Yeah, and I think like I think the other thing that you were sort of keen to express to me when we were chatting and running was that you know it isn't just and I think it's showed in you running three months of a like convoluted like hour and a half hilly route. It's not through just rocking up you're a like overnight success kind of like I am an overnight success <laughs> <laughs> there's been uh, yeah there's been hard work there's hard work behind it yeah I've been moving in a physical way probably three or four hours a day since I was like yeah 13 year old so yeah like it's uh, I'm the most long winded overnight success that's ever landed in Falford <laughs> yeah yeah but it's, 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 I think, you know, I think there will be people who listen to podcasts and they're hoping to find that secret, that little answer, and they're like, oh, how does Donnie do it? I'm just going to like Donnie. you. Well, they will be, because they haven't been educated like me. <laughs> <laughs> Good point, Charles. Do yourself out of the hole. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and I'll be thinking, you know, how, how do I become, like, an overnight success? Because that's what people would love, wouldn't it? People would love to... Yeah, you just wait so do a few runs. Yeah. You're done. You're a champ. It's consistency. If someone asked me to say something, it's consistency. And Good. consistency was with, like, once I started running again a couple of years ago, it became a daily thing or something. Yeah. It was a good focus. And then the consistency was the, like, the preparation. Yeah. Like, I figured out where I was really struggling and yeah. I decided to be consistent at doing that putting that trying to pull that right and when it came to Langdale how did you feel running up steep hills there's an excited dog right now <laughs> yeah I felt I felt really like happy proud justified in running around the same hills for, yeah. for three months it felt and you felt like you could go like not just battle it out at the 40s but actually battle it out the front of the race as well and I think yeah. it sounded to me like you wanted to you know you wanted to First time this year, I actually felt comfortable and like I could have, like, 
well, it did take the race to Brennan and yeah. uh, Dan going yeah. both out. And at that point, Matt had gone. <clears throat> but I did feel like I could have taken the race to him, whereas before, I wasn't really close enough in any other race. No. Too, because Gisborough, uh, no from there. Yeah. So, and then the, in the rest of the races, I wasn't able to be in and around for long enough. Whereas yeah. Langdale, I, that's, that's my sense of it, like hippie or, <laughs> but I felt like I belonged yeah. like, in that front group and yeah. a couple of times at the start of races when I did stay with the front group barely for like just the first climb and a half maybe I didn't feel comfortable and at so, all I just felt like I was completely on the limit on the edge buffing yeah. I was like super comfortable and do you remember what you said to me about how you kind of checked because I actually think that was quite that was quite a cool little tip you were saying about how you checked that you were comfortable with that first that first climb because am I okay so I, can, I can edit yeah. anything out no, but anything am want. I okay with saying that you did feel a little bit of an imposter syndrome edit that out <laughs> yeah, you are a hard as fuck bastard with no, with like no ever like questioning yourself. I'm a um, robot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you did feel a little bit like actually, hundred percent. Like yeah, should I be right at the top here? Yeah. And and you checked on yourself. And this is I I'm really pleased with you saying this because I I like do feel that you should run off feel. I get very excited before a race and then. My, and my feeling, because I'm full of adrenaline and excitement, is my feeling is, I feel great. <laughs> you know, and I, I, I'll, I might charge off. But there are tips, aren't there, for knowing where your physio- physiological effort is at. There is, yeah, for me it was, for me it is and always will be like nasal breathing. It mm. immediately gives you a physiological feedback as to whether you are, I suppose, outside of your... Uh, capacity, comfort zone, or level. Are you saying you can breathe in through your nose and out through your nose? Or in through your nose and out through your mouth? Nose, nose. Nose, nose. Nose, nose. Yeah. There's a whole different podcast about the mouth as zero function for breathing. Yeah. Zero. Okay. So, no, no, interesting, because you were talking about working on weaknesses. I'm an absolute mouth breather. Yeah. You're sceptical to gimmicks when you, especially if you work in healthcare. And there was a James Nestor book called Breathe, and I don't know if it's good or bad. Brilliant. Okay, good. Brilliant. But there was also a little part of me that saw my mate who is also a bit like he's sometimes will get swept up in the latest craze. And when they when he was talking about putting tape over his mouth and going to bed, I was like, that's too far for me. I do that. Okay. Every night. Okay. Every night. But mine's, I'm a, I'm a breathing instructor. Yeah. So I've not read a book and decided that yeah. uh, I'm going to implement all these things. Like I've done a, a breathing course with a guy called Faction McHugh. Called okay. the Action Advantage. So I kind of yeah. know a little bit about the yeah. physiological. And then when you start looking at functions of mouth, functions of nose, like there's only, and then you look at sleep apnea, you look at, yeah, and then again, like, so sleep apnea, is linked or most I can't exactly remember the illnesses but I think cancer might be in there mm-hmm. I think there's like heart problems heart mm-hmm. issue like sleep apnea is consistent in all of those yeah like mortalities pretty yeah. much because it disrupts your sleep because you pretty much so sleep apnea is where your tongue will block you yes airway and it wakes you it brings yeah. you out of deep sleep so if you're not getting 
deep sleep. Some people do it. Getting, yeah, some good people recovery. do it once every minute. Some people do it once every hour. Some people have it really bad. Some people don't. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't read the book and decide to do it. It's through studying it and implemented the the my tape for sleeping, which has completely changed how deep we both sleep. Yeah. It's phenomenal. And then to tie this back into Langdale, I suppose, I have massive imposter syndrome. We were going up from Angleton up to Hesk House, I think. Yeah. And I just said to myself, if I could do five nasal breaths. Yeah. Then I'm clearly You're okay. I'm clearly okay. Yeah. Like and this is imposter syndrome. Yeah. If I can't do five nasal breaths, if I can't yeah. even do one. Yeah. I've I'm, gone too hard. I've gone too hard and yeah. I'm wearing my comfort zone. And it's true to have imposter syndrome. I shouldn't be here. Yeah. And I took five really easily, really calm. Uh, like one of the, so I don't nasal breathe when I race. I try and do it a lot when I'm training. Uh-huh. And uh, it was really easy to, mm. to do the five breaths. And then that's the point when I decided that actually... I was going to be able to race this thing rather than survive it. Yeah. And then Matt ruined my plan by naffing off across that awful bit. Because I was going to wait till after that bit because that's pretty, yeah. pretty awful. Yeah, yeah. And then Matt ruined it and then he went and... Won it. And, you know, and yeah. then uh, I was able to... Sticking on nasal breathing for five minutes there then, yeah. like, if it's better, is it is it just because it's a hard thing to do? You know, you're saying that you don't always nasal breathe yeah. in races. I'd say it would probably take about six to eight months of a really, really deep, solid practice okay. to be able to get yourself to nasal breath okay. at that level of respiratory demand it, on yeah, the system. Sure. I think it would. I think it would. And I don't even know if then, and a breathing expert might give you more of an answer on yeah, that. Yeah. But I, I still don't know then whether you, because you need to offset heat Yes. And you need to offset a little bit of moisture. Okay. And that's what mouth does that more so. Yeah. Uh, and that's why you'll get a dry mouth if you wake up in the morning and you breathe through your mouth. Yeah. Because you've offset too much moisture or precipitate or whatever you want to call it. Uh-huh. Uh, so I don't know if nasal breathing would be achievable for a whole mm-hmm. race. Mm-hmm. I know for me it's something I've not even entertained. Mm-hmm. But you can do it in training. I can do it in training. I try to do it in training. I try to do it work. I try to do it. I do it. When I'm driving to work, could be an hour. I'll just close my mouth and nasal breathe to, mm-hmm. to work and practice it that way. In a race, this is my personal opinion. Is it like it's, it's one more thing that I really don't need to worry about. Yeah. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? It's it's I use it as a tool at the top of climbs often yeah. Yeah. As, as I'm topping out a climb instead of like. Well, I was using it until mm-hmm. I started racing against like Billy Martin Brennan. <laughs> I was using that. That's when it. you're breathing out your ass, isn't it? Which is a whole other technique. But in other races, I've often topped off the climb and just as I'm getting to the top, I'll take yeah. five breaths, yeah. recover, and then go again. Yeah. Whereas you don't really get that time against yeah. against the, the sharp end. Anyone can use it mm-hmm. as a tool mm-hmm. of whether you are absolutely on your limit or yeah. whether it's something yeah. else that's making you think you're on your limit. Before I go home and take my mouth up a gaffer tape tonight, is there anything I, like... Is that a wise thing to do, or should you actually do? Should you actually take part in some kind of training before you start taping your mouth to go to sleep? I suppose I wouldn't use gaffer tape. <laughs> pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah. Use is it microport tape? Oh yeah, like for ankle strapping. Yeah, I use yeah. a little bit of that. Yeah. And not that I'm a fan of this guy's work, mm-hmm. but to create an easy 
visual. Yeah. I'd cut it like Hitler moustache. Yes. Style of so they used to work the sides to breathe out of yes. initially. Yeah, yeah. And the tip I would always give to people... Charlie Chaplin would have worked better, but I can't do that for I'm not a fan of his work either. <laughs> <laughs> I, would know, I wish he'd have sprung to mind a little bit ago. <laughs> uh, but and I would just... Like, the tip I would give to people is, try that. You can still breathe through the sides of your mouth. Mm-hmm. You don't feel like it's completely... Like, because if your mind starts to wander, you're never yeah. going to sleep. Simply, no. like, it's, it's game over, so you kind of, yeah. it's counterintuitive to what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. Uh, and then I would always say to people, if it comes off after an hour, two hours, 20 minutes, three hours, like, just if it starts to come off or you wake up, yeah. just take it off, but it's once I go to sleep. Yeah. It's the same as anything. It's your building is hollow. It's your diaphragm, isn't it? It's what your mm. nasal breathing is diaphragmatic, but mouth breathing isn't. Mm. It's a muscle, you can train it. It's the same as a hamstring, it's the same as a bicep. Like, mm-hmm. So you don't just fully tape up like that and sleep perfectly with, if you've never done nasal breathing before and your diaphragm's kind of weak and yeah. not used to nasal breathing. So like, there's a, there's like a kind of, kind of small stress and stimuli to create new patterns within your breathing. Small bit of tape, a little bit at the side, take it off if you wake up. Next night you might sleep a bit longer, next night you might sleep a bit longer. And whether it's a week, two week, three week, four week, five week, at some point there will come a point where you're sleeping longer, the tape's falling off less, yeah. and then maybe you could go like yeah, gaffer. Full, full, full gaffer, yeah. <laughs> full gaffer <with> yourself. <laughs> and if you do share a house with someone, make sure you do it just before you go yeah. to bed, like in yeah. shadows. Or walk around in a gimp suit with the gaffer tape on and I just pretend just it's your bag. Just lose the gimp suit, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> the gaffer might be enough. <laughs> I worked with a physio, great guy. Uh, he does a little bit of cycling, a little bit of running. And <laughs> just remember one day he decided, like, there was just two of us working in this little practice in Ashburton, and he'd just do things to entertain himself. So I'd come back into, like, our little office, our little side office, and Mark, my boss, my supervisor, the band, like, the you know, the senior guy who I'm meant to be getting training on, has just taped his nose so that he's got like the sort of like, you know, that piggy nose going on. Or like on my last day, he, you know, hid my car around the corner. But yeah, so I was just having a nice little reminder. I'm sure he'd be up for the gaffer too. He would have been. First night. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll get in touch. I'll let him know. It can improve his his triathlon. (laughs) So yeah, and that's probably like, you went promising, well, good cross-country runner as a kid, footballer, painter and decorator. Yeah. Barber. Yeah. Where did the Iron Man come into that? And then that and was end of decorating, and then it injured me because I was training. Yeah. Did you have a total time off sport after football? Play what? football, like pointlessly for five a side with friends and yeah, like a bit of pub football and uh, yeah, you know, I played a little bit semi-professionally. Didn't yeah. like it. No. Like I was, I was already way gone. Yeah. Interested in football then, but then yeah, uh, ended up playing for a local club who was willing to pay me a really yeah. high amount of money just yeah. to just to play on yeah. that chain once a week and play Saturdays. And then when I eventually a hundred percent deep down knew I was over it, I decided to leave. And then I started running. This is the yeah. slightly annoying thing. I started going for like twenty mile runs. Yeah. And then I bumped into a friend who was cycling and said, Oh it's not doing this on your own, come with us. So I started cycling and then I man. And then yeah. back when Strength and flexibility needed. Yoga. Yoga. Obsessive compulsive in yoga, doing it like once, twice, ended up doing yeah. it like at least twice a day. Yeah. COVID 
everything got closed down studio got closed which I had in Manchester yeah. and I just knew or something deep down inside of me knew that I had to start like yeah. running and I just started doing like little 5k's and it quickly went to like being able to do two hours because I'd never really stopped yeah. doing anything how many Ironman 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 did, did about, you do? I did about five or six triathlons some short Olympic distance Yeah. did one Half Ironman, yeah, the English one, English cha- English Championship. I can't remember when it was. Uh, finished. I think I finished pretty high up in that. Yeah, finished, like fiftieth or something like that. Nice which was pretty bad. So it was horrendous at swimming. Yeah, I'd like the fourth fastest run. There was lots of pros there as well, which wasn't a surprise. That was a yeah. that was a repetitive theme through my triathlon career. And then yeah, did that one Ironman. I booked Ironman Wales, and then bang, back done. Uh, okay, I literally couldn't do couldn't do anything. And then so so then you started running in lockdown. Yeah, and I started running a little bit, and then I'd say... So yeah, how did you get from a little bit to 80 miles a week on the fells? Uh, just just gradually building it. Loving it and enjoying yeah. it, and the more I ran, the more I wanted to do it, and the more yeah. I ran. So at that point, I was just running down to Alexandria Park, running around that long, lived in Wally Range. And then there's a few friends who've been fell running in Rossendale for a, a long time, so... Ended up meeting them for running the hills and liking that, and then we we eventually moved to Todd not that long after, and then just started, yeah, just straight up into the hills and yeah, never looked back. And the longer stuff intrigues me more than I'd say something like the longer side the championship format this year. Yeah, the like ultra distance. This so you got is, the three peaks. Yeah, and then have you got ideas of other stuff that you want to well, do? If you want to know? Yeah, the top secret. But this cool. is gonna this is gonna make us speak for another hour. I'm doing gonna do a Bob Graham. Yes. Can I support? Perfect. I'll let you just decide what what leg you want me on. I will just put the caveat that I've done leg one three times and I've never finished it with the person who's gone on to complete their bob. Well, uh, I never I never make it to throw cow before they leave. Well, we'll do leg one for entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Have you got an idea on when, when that... Have you got a date in mind? When you, when you register your attempt, you've got to put a date in the time, yeah. which is kind of flexible, I think, because they allow you like... Yeah. They allow you a month within that window. Yeah. Or I could have got it wrong, but I think they allow you a month within that window to do your attempt due to bad weather and stuff but uh, 24th of June it's, there's no champ races on that date I don't think is there if it clashes I think it's Buttermere ah okay I think okay. it's Buttermere so I don't know only because I've asked I've asked Harry Bolton Harry yeah. Bolton to support yes and uh, I asked Matt Atkinson yeah. because we uh, we did a little bit of Jack Kunzel's Yes, I saw on YouTube. We did a little bit of that together, and he was phenomenal. On yes. it. Matt Atkinson was not yeah. Matt Atkinson. Matt Atkinson. Matt, yeah. Matt Atkinson won overall, didn't he? This yeah, year. yeah. So it's Matt Atkinson. Yeah, he was just like unbelievable. Yeah, at like just knowing it. Like you just knew it like the back of his hands. Yeah. It's phenomenal. But I think he's going to be doing Buttermere. So. so will you be doing a lot of recce's? Well, no, because I am part of the Green Runners, yeah. which is we can debit in and out. Yes. Uh, going up to the lakes all the time isn't going to mm. suit that kind of uh, part of my life. So there's probably going to be running around that route that we've just done <laughs> quite a lot. But I think what's going to happen is there's going to be a couple of weekends mm. where we go up. Yeah. Uh, 
off the top of my head without actually planning probably only decided this week one weekend will be Reckies mm-hmm. with Legita and we'll walk the dog yeah. and maybe do a couple of them that way and then I'd like to think that one weekend and maybe it'll just be a Saturday or Sunday will be like one and two together and then separated like three and four the next day at race pace oh not race, yeah, not yeah, race yeah. It, but at uh, at the pace that I want to go at Mm-hmm. and then see whether it's no, I'll let you keep that top secret no I'm, 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 I don't mind putting that out there and I don't even know whether it's achievable or not because I've no okay. concepts of doing that distance up in the hills on that kind of fell I've, I've yeah. no concept if it was round here yeah. on the trails yeah. on like undulating hills in Calder Valley and there, yeah. was a, there was something to aim for and there was a time I could tell you whether it was whether it's completely mm-hmm. realistic or unrealistic but I would and will do everything in my power if it's achievable to try and be fastest English person. Nice. Okay. And I use the word English person wisely because mm. that rules out Jack, Killian, yeah. Yeah. and Finley Wild. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not a fool. Like, yeah. but I kind of think that that to me doesn't seem impossible. Mm-hmm. Sat here, mm-hmm. but I need to do a little bit more of actual like feet on the ground mm-hmm. uh, 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 yeah. what that might what that pace is going to look like yes uh, if that's completely unrealistic which it possibly could be I'm not saying I'm going to do that yeah. it could be completely unrealistic yeah. I would like to go in and around 15 because I think it's yeah. George Foster who's got 1347 yeah. or something yeah. like that which yeah. is the fastest English person would be mm. that uh if that's completely unrealistic and it's not achievable because I'm not used to the terrain or I'm not fit enough or that's not in my capacity, yeah. I'm all right with that. Maybe somewhere near 15 might be like a secondary thing to go to. But if I'm going to do it, I had two choices to do it. I had my green runner's hat on <coughs> and I had my going fastest. And mm. the green runner's hat is you go with your mate and you run around it and, mm-hmm. and, you, and you, you, know, you just have a nice time and you probably get around in just under 20. Or if I'm going to go for something like this and it's quite huge, mm. I'm going to go in big on it and that's going to take the whole of my carbon for next year. Yes. Three beats is close. Yeah. that's going to take the whole of my carbon. So there's not going to be any driving around to the lakes for races. There's not going to yeah. be many races going on before and, and, and after it. It's going to take a big chunk of my carbon. So that's where I'm going for next year. Yeah. I'm aware of time. I'm going to reach for my... I'm reaching for my phone for my, like, special questions. Because oh, no. I've had a great... No, I think, like, we've got... We're about an hour 38 in. Too long. Yeah, but it's not, too long. it's not too long for me. I could quite happily keep chatting all day. This has been great. Um, but in terms of for the listener, I want to get onto some of the little silly on the back yeah. foot questions, and then we might have to little like wrap it up around there. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? If you had a theme music like walkout style before you know the start of the fell champs, like the boxers have, or yeah. like, so obviously Matt went for. Thunderstruck. Like thunderstruck yeah. yeah. Have you got anything in mind for yourself? Off the top of my head, it would be something off the Arctic Monkeys AM album. Nice. Because uh, I'm listening to it loads at the moment. Yeah. Uh, possibly. Are you mine?
So I imagine Matt's going to come out like all fist pumping and blah, just yeah, the Yeah. I'd just, I'd kind of just stroll out. Just walk out. And stroll yeah. out. Alright. Yeah, I'd be like. I'm here on Donny. Yeah. Many of you fuckers call me Donny. I'll never speak to you again. <laughs> I would like, I would channel the, like my inner Alex Turner. I'd like, just be like, cool. you know, be like, yeah. the one time I could ever probably justify it to like a complete dick would be like, if someone offered me walkout music to a fellow race, yeah. I'd be like, yeah. I'm not wasting this by like, yeah. coming out all guns blazing. I'm doing that during the race. Yeah. I'm going to be a knobby and stroll out. Yeah. Sunglasses. Yeah. Aviators. Yeah, big full shaman get up an outfit and everything. Oh, it's great. If if I can somehow get the FRA to agree to like walk out songs, you'd be back for a full fail chance one year, wouldn't you? I'd be, I might do twenty twenty four, but next year the the the, the, the yeah. game is taking my Oh yeah. no, I'm delighted to hear that. That's that that's been like you know, I was thinking after we had all the like chat today, I was like, Oh, we're gonna have to try and re chat some of the good chat to make a podcast. And then you've come and brought something in that I'm like, oh, that's great. I wasn't actually keeping that a secret either. It just didn't crop up in it didn't, did it? No. the fluid conversation. Yeah. We didn't get a chance to talk about it next year because we were too busy talking about it. Yeah, like last everything. Year and everything yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, no. Okay. If you could go for dinner with one fell running legend, and legend is quite a wide word in my opinion, yeah. Yeah. What, who would it be and what would you have to eat? So, I would go with a guy called Antonio Cardinal. Uh-huh. Runs for Otley. Yes. Finishes last and enough every single race he does. Yeah. He is 73. Uh, and I've had the privilege of running with him. And we didn't really talk much about running, to be honest. It was just a really nice, fun conversation. Yeah. How, this 73-year-old has ended up... I was helping out at a local race and it was just like how he'd ended up there, like coming from Italy. And, and it was just like a bit of running chatting there, but it yeah. was like, you know, I wouldn't want to talk about running too much as one over dinner. Yeah. So it would be him, you know, he's a, yeah. bit, he's a legend. He's, yeah. You know, if I'm still running around at 73. And there's been a little bit, this is probably for a different podcast, but there's been a little bit of friction about whether he should be allowed to do certain races and stuff because he's he's him and someone else are like the guy called Phil ultimately a little bit behind and they're putting some marshals at risk I suppose if they're out there for longer I see yeah, uh, yeah. and I think that's true I think it's mm-hmm. fair on some of the longer ones the harder races yeah. but ultimately if we're a community and we're not an elitist sport mm-hmm. these are they're the kind of people that we need to be yeah and I mean that's the kind of people that we need to aspire to be which is still turning up and running when we're 73 it would be yeah. Antonio I probably got his last name wrong which is rich coming from me he was obsessed with getting names right <laughs> Cardinale or Cardinale Anthony Anthony <laughs> the guy who wears the grey tracksuit pants basically Brilliant. everyone will know what you mean yeah yeah wicked what would you have to eat obviously that's important to me I don't know if the listeners what would I have to eat uh, probably, I don't know some kind of meat feast pizza I think nice yeah yeah and it's you're paying homage to the fact that he's Italian as well, so I didn't realise that, but yeah, makes sense, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, and I yeah. don't drink, but if it was, you know, I'd have a glass of red wine with Italian red. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Thank you for coming on on the bake foot, Donny. It's been an absolute pleasure to have a run with you, have a good six or seven hours of conversation, and uh, look forward to catching you at your. Bob Graham if there's not a sooner time that we meet before. I'm sure we'll run before that, but yeah, it's been a pleasure being on. Top man. Thank you.
spaceman came traveling on his ship from afar. Twas light years of time since his mission did start, and over a village he halted his craft, and it hung in the sky like a star. He followed the light and came down to a shed Where a mother and child were lying there on a bed A bright light of silver shone round his head And he had the face of an angel And the stranger spoke, he said, do not fear I come from a planet a long way from here And I bring a message for mankind to hear And suddenly the sweetest music, probably not this music Fill the And it went la da 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 la da 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 la 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 peace and goodwill to all men and love for the child. This lovely music went trembling through the ground And many were wakened on hearing that sound And travellers on the road, the village they found By the light of the ship in the sky Which shone all around And just before dawn at the paling of the sky The stranger returned and said Now I must fly And two thousand years of your time has gone by Song will begin once again To a baby's cry It went la la da 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 La da 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 La da 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 Peace and goodwill to all on the Bakefoot fans And love for all fell running La da 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 La da 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 Baby's cry